Well, good morning. Uh, if you guys would like to, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 40. We'll be looking at uh, verse 9, just more, more like a, a launching verse, I guess. <clears throat> so Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9. And it says here in the ESV, Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. So it says there in uh, verse 9, Behold your God. And that's... I want to speak about some one aspect of God today, and there is a need for us, right, to know more of who God is, to think specifically about his characteristics, his, his attributes, and one of those I want to speak about this morning is the self-sufficiency of God, the self-sufficiency of God his, has also been called as self-existence uh, or the independence of God. And if you just, what does that mean, self-sufficiency of God? Well, if you just look at an English dictionary definition of self-sufficient, you get a little idea, then we'll look more what the scripture says. But self-sufficient, that is, able to live or function without help or support from others. Or another one, able to provide for oneself without the help of others, independence. And when we're speaking about God's Self-sufficiency, what we mean is, put it like one brother said, God does not need us or the rest of creation for, for anything. And we might say it more simply like this, the Lord's self-sufficiency is that he has no need of anything. One brother said that need is a creature word. It's not something that you can ascribe to the Lord. He has no need. We see it in Scripture, Acts seventeen twenty four and 25. And what I want to do in this message is just try to lay out God, some, something of him in his self-sufficiency, then kind of move it more to the practical for us, how we rightly respond to that, and uh, also that we might be encouraged to actually see this uh, doctrine of God's self-sufficiency, that it might be very practical to us in beholding God in the day-to-day. So we see his self-sufficiency in Acts 17, 24, and 25. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. It says there, as though he needed anything, like meaning he does not need anything. He has no need. He's self-sufficient. We see it also in Psalm 50, uh, verse 10 and 12. It says, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills, I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Implying there, he has no need. Need is a creature word. God has no need. That's what it means to be self-sufficient, that he's self-sufficient. One brother put it like that, like this. All that is necessary for God's existence and perfect happiness is found in himself. He is absolutely free from any need or dependence. 
He is the only being who is truly self-existent, self-sustaining, self-sufficient, independent, and free. God has no lack or need and is dependent upon no one. Well, let's think about some aspects of this, you know, what it means that God is self-sufficient. It, one we could say is this, he, he's self-sufficient in the sense that he has no need of being created or sustained. It's kind of very simple, that, uh, but it's something that we could grab a hold of better. In Exodus 3:14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am who I, who I am. And that name, the brother pointed out to me that it demonstrates that God's existence was not caused, nor does it depend upon anything or anyone outside of himself. It is God's nature to exist. And so he simply is without effort. You know, he pointed out as well that borrowing a lot here that, you know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, you know, by the grace of God, I am who I am, but only God can say I am who I am by virtue of his own perfections and power. I am who I am. We know in John 5.26 it says, for the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. So where does his life come from, his existence? comes from himself. He never was created. He's, he's always been. He is the fountain of life, it says in Psalm 36, 9. For with you is the fountain of life, and your light do we see light. Very simply, he's the source of all life. Everything that's ever been made, it flows out of the fountain, the source being God himself. And you could say, as one brother said, said that he is his own fountain. God is his own fountain. He's self-sufficient in that way. He has no need of being sustained, right? That he does not faint or grow weary, it says in Isaiah 40. He doesn't need to be sustained. Before in Psalm 90 and verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Meaning that he's always been God. He's always been there. Absolute reality before the world was created, and he'll always be there, right? He has who, he never had a beginning, he's always been, and he, his life is derived from himself, he'll always be. He's dependent upon no one for his own existence or his own being sustained. And we might see this more clearly if we could uh, compare the whole creation, the, the whole universe, put it right next to, uh, to God himself. What we've been saying about God, that he has no need, Put all of creation right next to him, and it kind of helps you get a better picture of what it is. All of creation, if God is self-sufficient, meaning that he has no need, what would be an antonym or what would be the opposite of self-sufficient? Thinking about the whole creation, some words we could use would be dependent or reliant. The entire universe... Everything that's made, visible, invisible, is dependent and reliant upon God for its own existence and its own being sustained. You know, put that right next to the Lord. It all flows from Him. Creation itself is dependent, of course. God created the heavens and the earth. It was Him that it all flowed forth, as we saw in Psalm 36, 9. And it, even the universe being sustained is upheld by him. It's, it all comes from, the life comes from him. We know that verse in 
Job 34, 14 and 15, it says, If he should set his heart to it and gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. So basically it's saying that if God were just to with, you know, withhold his sustaining grace to all the creation, it would just disintegrate and cease, cease to be. I mean, think about everything that you see right now, everything being created, all the galaxies and all that created by him, sustained by him. If he would just withhold all that, it would just cease to be all of it. He has no need. Then you think about yourself individually. You know, this God who is completely self-sufficient, he has no need or anything. And then put yourself, put your name right next to him, right? We put the whole creation right here. Here next to God, now put you or me, right? Vest, right next to this big, uh, self-sufficient God. Think about your own self. How dependent are you? It would, one, just to be created. We needed to be created, right? It's he who made us, not we ourselves. Our life flowed from him. He doesn't need us. But what about how much do we need him just to sustain our life? I mean, that can help us think more about his appreciate this aspect of God and be more reliant upon him that every breath, every breath and every heartbeat is given from God. How dependent are we just to live? I mean, you cannot make yourself continue to live, right? How dependent are we just on the food that he gives? You know, you go without food for a couple days, you feel just how dependent you are on that, right? How dependent we are on the water water that he gives or the sleep that he gives, you know, how frail our bodies are, you know, that we need to be sustained by sleep. You miss like three hours of sleep one night, you feel it. You miss almost a whole day or something, something dramatic happens, and like you're about, you're about ready to pass out, right? I mean, our bodies are just so, so frail. We need to be upheld by the Lord every, every moment. And we haven't even talked about just our own spiritual neediness, right? And, you know, just thinking about this, it just, it just shows, you know, how foolish pride is. It's like for someone to say, like, well, I am, I am self-sufficient, right? Like I am, if somebody were to stand up in the meeting right now and say, well, I, I feel like I am self-sufficient. I mean, we could say, well, I mean, the very muscles that worked to allow you to be able to stand up right now and to have cognitive thoughts and be able to speak what you just said, it's all coming from the Lord, right? I mean, it's like... How foolish is pride. But we're completely dependent upon him. All of our life comes from him. He has no need. I mean, time would fail to go deep into all this. But um, he has no need of any fulfilling relationship outside of himself. The perfect unity there in the Trinity. There's an intimacy, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That there's a delight in his relationship among himself. A, a joy within himself between the different persons of the Trinity, there's a unity there, a love in this relationship, a glory there. I mean, he's, he, he didn't create the world because he, he was lonely, because he just really needed some friends. He was completely satisfied within himself, and he doesn't need any outside relationship other than in himself. And you can see something if you just realize that, but yet God desired for us to be wrapped up into that that fellowship wrapped up into that uh, experience and that love and that unity with himself when he did not need us. He didn't save us because he need us, needed us. It just His love just overflowed. He desired, yeah. desired that. 
And we should be thankful that the Lord would desire us to know him and that we could even bring delight to his heart because it's not that he needs our our love or our joy or anything. He's not needy. He's not insecure or anything, but yet he delights in those things. He's also self-sufficient in that he has no need of anyone to fulfill his purposes and accomplish his will, right? I mean, he is not served by human hands as though he needed anything. I mean, he does not, you know, need us. And it's amazing to think that, but God would ordain to use us. This self-sufficient God doesn't need us at all. He's not wringing his hands hoping that, well, maybe my purposes are going to be accomplished and, you know, Christ is going to be glorified from the ends of the earth and all that. He's not wringing his hands doing that. I mean, he is, he doesn't need us in that in that work, but yet he's invited us in. He does all that he pleases. I mean, he's sovereign. He's, it says all in, in Daniel 4.35, all the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? None can stay his hand, right? You can't keep back the hand of the Almighty. He's self-sufficient in accomplishing his purposes, and he needs no man or needs none of us to do that. But yet, again, that... He has invited us in those things. So these are just some aspects of the self-sufficiency that can help help us appreciate him in that way. Um, but also just moving on here to the some application as well. Very simply, his self-sufficiency, again, he has no need, right? He's completely content in himself. He's independent of all aid. He needs nothing. But let's think about the self-sufficiency self-sufficiency that can be in God's people at times, right? So now we're going to try to take this doctrine of who God is, the self-sufficient God, and bring it, bring it more home to, to our life here. I mean, what about the self-sufficiency in the Lord's people? I mean, we've been talking about God's self-sufficiency, right? But then to talk about the self-sufficiency in his people, it almost sounds like a contradiction, right? And it's into, it, it seems like it, it wouldn't even be an issue, though, right? I mean, when God saves somebody, he shows them you are not sufficient, right? He breaks them of that pride, that self-sufficiency to be able to make their, themselves right with God before, uh, before anything else but Christ. He, break, he breaks them of that. But yet, it seems like it wouldn't even be an issue. I mean, to enter the kingdom, I mean, you've got to receive it like a child. Basically, you're going to be like a little baby, in a, as it were, just completely dependent on the mother. I'm going to be completely dependent on what Christ has done for me uh, to, to be my standing before God and my acceptance. How would it even be an issue? Now, the, the Christian is not completely self-sufficient. We are dependent on the Lord in real measure. But I just want to address... Uh, the aspects that, that remain, the things that we could yet still grow in, right? These aspects of self-sufficiency that can be in our lives that can really hinder us in our walk with the Lord. And if you've been a Christian any amount of time, I mean, you know this, that what God has been doing in your life, a big thing, is that God's been showing you maybe areas of self-sufficiency and growing you out of that, right? I mean, I remember asking a brother, an older brother one time, so basically you kind of get you know, to a point after so many years and all this, God breaking you down where you're just kind of completely dependent. He said, well, it seems like God's always stripping you of more self-sufficiency. And it's a continual thing. But what is what would be self-sufficiency in the Christian? 
I mean, it's basically this, relying upon yourself, being dependent on yourself, trusting in yourself. Another form, another word for it could be pride, you might say. It's better, it says in Psalm 118, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. I mean, self-sufficiency in the Christian is trusting in man. It's trusting in yourself, trusting in princes. And let me ask you this. Do, do you struggle with self-sufficiency? I think we could all say probably more, more than we realize. Not to be overly introspective or anything, but it is an issue that you know, we can really grow in. What would be some indications of self-sufficiency in the life of the Christian? It could, be, it could be this. Not all the time this, but it could be this. Anxiety and feeling overwhelmed and fretful. That it says in Isaiah 26.3, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When our eyes are upon the Lord, even in the midst of pain, there, there's, there's peace there, trusting in the Lord, but yet anxiety and feeling overwhelmed and fretful. It can be, I'm not saying it always is, we can have feelings of anxiety and still be trusting the Lord in the midst of that, that's true, but yet I'm saying that it can be, at times, anxiety and feeling overwhelmed is just the th- thing that's there is the self-sufficiency. How am how am I going to accomplish all this? I have so much to do. How can I do this? How am I going to get through this trial? It's too heavy. It's too much. All the time, it can be a looking to ourselves rather than g- gaining strength and confidence from God. <clears throat> Another indication could be <clears throat> a prayerlessness, right? Big decisions come along in your life, and you just make that big decision, whatever it is. Uh, this big decision needs to be made, this big commitment, and without, without hardly any prayer, you make a very big commitment. Without taking it to the Lord in prayer, that can be an indication. Just a prayerlessness when it comes to day-to-day things. Not, not that you need to pray for your toothpaste or whatever, you know, but like that, just a prayerfulness. Lord, I'm doing my work today. Lord, I need you. Give me grace to do this. There can be a prayerlessness at times that we just kind of jump right into it, right? We need to be sustained. Another thing could be an indication of self-sufficiency in the Christian could be that not feeling the need to have real soul-satisfying times with God, real edifying times with the Lord where you gain strength from his word, you gain strength from prayer, strength from the brethren in fellowship, whatever it may be. You know, Christ as a man living his life, he rose up early uh, to seek the Lord because he wanted the Lord, but he also rose up early uh, to seek the Lord because he needed the Lord, right? And sometimes we just have to admit that, you know, we're living our lives, you know, things get busy or whatever. We just have a little bit of time with the Lord. It's like when busyness comes or whatever other things come, the first thing to go is this this satisfying, prayerful time before the Lord that we need. If you get used to that, you know, just going on in your own strength, it could be an an aspect of self-sufficiency. You can rely on past victories and not the Lord presently, right? God really met me back here and really was, I was walking near the Lord back here and he gave me victory here, but we can't live off the past things. We can be encouraged by it and be edified by it and thankful for it, but yet there's a trusting in the Lord in the day-to-day, in the present, right? You can rely You can rely on your own reputation, right? The brethren think really well of you. Maybe they think you're pretty godly or gifted or, or mature or whatever, right? You begin to, you could rest in that or rest in, uh, rest in that man's approval or whatever it is, and you find out pretty quick that does not work, right? That 
self-sufficiency. Peter, Peter, you know, he had that, that pride there, and he says, though all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. You know, there's a love for the Lord there in a sense, I think, but also there we know that was pride in Peter's part. I'm sufficient, and he was shown to be not sufficient, right? The Lord graciously does that for us. What about this one? Uh, indication of self-sufficiency in the Christian. When you see your weaknesses, your own weaknesses, and you draw back and shrink back from this zealous pursuit of God and a, and a zealous pursuit of pouring out your life for God. You see, I'm not sufficient for these things, right? You see, I have so many different weaknesses in so many areas, and what it lends itself to is being paralyzed with discouragement and tripped up in that way and think, how could I even help anybody? How could I do anything? These weaknesses are so great. I'm saying that it could be self-sufficiency there, do you think? That you're looking at, it stops here, right? When you're doing well, it's like, let's go for it. When you're not doing well, it's like, I can't do anything. But you stop there, right? It's like looking looking at yourself and not looking at this self-sufficient God, right? And Paul, it's very interesting to me, and this is an area I need to grow in, that Paul, the 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5, this is very interesting. He says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Yeah. So it's very interesting because it's like, he's, what is he saying? He's saying, I cannot do it. I do not have what it takes. I, I cannot, I, do, I am not sufficient whatsoever. The Apostle Paul is saying that. But yet, in the same verse, he's talking about confidence, right? Because I could see, oh, I'm not sufficient for anything. I can't do it. And, you know, confidence is not the word that would describe me, right? It's more like discouragement or whatever. And that something's not right with that, you know, because it is. He's confident. Why? Because, yeah, I do not have anything. But his eyes are on the self-sufficient God, right? God has called me to this, whatever it may be, in the different areas of life. And God is going to give me the strength. God is going to enable me. You know, you know what the Lord said to Moses is very illustrative of this. When In Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. What is he saying? I'm not, Lord, I'm not sufficient for this. There's another guy. Get another guy for this. And what, how does the Lord respond? Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? What is he saying? He said, Moses, it's not about, it's not about your eloquent speech, Moses. He goes, it's not, about, it's not about you. It's not about your sufficiency. It's not about you being gifted enough or whatever it is. And then he goes in verse 12. Now, therefore, go, the Lord says to Moses, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. That's the point. That I'm, it's not about your eloquence, Moses. It's that I'm going to be with your mouth. It's about the self-sufficient God who's going to be with you and give you the grace to do what he's called you to do. And that's how we're to be, living upon the Lord just the way the Lord Jesus did. And we can be encouraged, brethren, that we do not have to rely upon ourselves. That is so freeing. You know, the lost man, he's bound up in that. Self-reliance is, is the theme of his life, right? But as us, as Christians, we've been freed up. God is helping us in these areas. God is encouraging us in these areas 
for our own joy, for our own satisfaction in him. And we need to realize that God in his self-sufficiency freely gives to his people grace and help. You know, you can think about this this big doctrine, God's self-sufficiency, he has no need, and there he is just sitting with no need, and here I am really low and just all completely needy. But we need to remember that God loves giving that to us, and he does give that to us all the time without even realizing it, but we can tap into more of that, right? More of his grace. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So God is, that's 2 Corinthians 9, 8. What's being said? God in all sufficiency in all things at all times. That pretty much covers it, right? All things, all times, every hour of the day, every situation. You may abound in every good work. What? God's able to make all grace, this enabling grace, this power in the midst of your weaknesses, your present weaknesses, right? Not one day when you're mature enough, but you right now today is able to make all grace abound to you in that. How much grace is there for us in what the Lord has called us to do? We're all called different areas, different different lives, different responsibilities, different giftedness, all working together towards the same goal, the glory of Christ. But we need to remember the Lord is sufficient. I mean, what are the needs in your life? How can the self-sufficiency of God actually encourage you in the midst of your neediness, where you see lack in your life, neediness, whatever it may be, physical, spiritual, uh, whatever needs in the church? Are there needs there? Well, call upon the one who has no need. You see, the doctrine of the self-sufficiency of God, you you think about going before the throne of grace, and who who is the one that's on that throne? The self-sufficient God, right, who has no need and is freely going to give out of that self-sufficiency to his people. I mean, how would that impact us in our prayer meetings, right? Here we come. What are we doing at prayer meeting? Laying out all these needs, all matter of needs, right? Big needs. Things that's like, how is this going to work? You're going to the one who has no need, who freely gives out of that. Are you in hard trials? Are you under spiritual attack? Are you pressed by the responsibilities before you? God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good good work. He giveth more grace, so says the song, right? I mean, fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm everlasting availing. The Father both thee and thy load shall upbear. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, you ever feel like that? It's just like the endurance is gone. And our strength has failed ere the day has half done. How am I even going to get through this day? How am I ever going to get through this season? When we have reached the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. The self-sufficiency of God giving out to us. Are we weak? Yeah, all of us. But behold the Lord in his, in his self-sufficiency, right? Like the song says, we go in faith, our own great weakness feeling. And needing more thy great, each day thy grace to know. But in our hearts, a song of triumph feeling. 
And I think, brethren, we need to exercise our faith more in that area. So there would be more of that song of triumph, right? In the midst of the weakness, Lord, this is hard, but I'm going through it. I'm going through it with you. And, Lord, I don't want to walk through this. But, Lord, you're there on the throne, all sufficient, giving me out of that. So in view of the the Lord's self-sufficiency, just hear these closing verses just as an encouragement. In view of God being self-sufficient, having no need, and giving out of that need to you, believer, like Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am a warrior, right? We can define ourselves, I'm just like this weak Christian. I'm this weak brother. But let the weak say that I am a warrior in light of God's self-sufficiency, right? Through God, we will do valiantly, right? It is he who will tread down our foes in Psalm 108.13. With God, we shall do valiantly, right? He's fighting for us, fighting in us. We're going forth with him, marching on. He will tread down our foes, whatever those foes may be, sins, weaknesses, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the issue. Think about this, God's self-sufficiency and the fulfillment of the Great Commission. But the people that, in Daniel 11.32, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I like that in the, K, the K, uh, KJV. Those who know their God will do exploits, right? Those that know God in his self-sufficiency will do exploits in the fulfilling of the Great Commission. Not talking about trying to be something great or anything like that, but brethren, we, we have a Great Commission, right? I mean, we have been given this. Take the gospel to the nations. Make disciples. Go. Reach the lost. You go forth and turn them from the power of Satan to God, right? You go open their eyes, he told Paul. Right? How are we going to do that? Right? If we if we wait around till everything's well, we're probably not going to do much. Right? But we go in faith, our own great weakness, feeling, looking to the the self sufficient God and different whatever God's called us to do in our very different various aspects, child raising, whatever it may be. Listen to this one. For by in Psalm eighteen twenty nine, for by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. There in Psalm 18, the self-sufficient God, I can stand against a, a troop leaning upon him. I can leap over a wall. So let's behold the Lord more in his uh, self-sufficiency and try to gaze upon him in these things. Let's just pray that God would help us do that. Well, Lord, we want to behold you in your self-sufficiency, Lord. And as we go about our day-to-day and things, Lord, I pray that you might Convince us more of this reality, Lord. Lord, help us in the midst of our weaknesses to boast in you. Help us, Lord, with like Paul. Lord, though we, we see we are not sufficient in anything to claim anything is coming from ourselves, Lord, we pray we might know more of that reality, Lord, of that confidence, but knowing what, that you're with us. And, Lord, you're giving us out of your storehouses, Lord, this enabling grace we know that's what you've been doing in our life even when we feel the weakest weakest lord you lord enabling us lord i thank you for that thank you lord that you provided the inheritance and glory and yet you've given the grace to get there lord thank you for that but lord we pray for more confidence in our heart lord we pray for more a vision on you lord to behold our god and look upon you not just on a on a sunday lord but look upon you tomorrow at work Lord, the different, Lord, consider it, Lord. Consider our weaknesses. Lord, consider, 
Lord, consider how the enemy will just try to slander us and get us looking at ourselves and paralyze us with so many things and things are blown out of proportion. And Lord, help us. Lord, cover our defenseless head. Lord, help us to trust in you. Lord, help us to fight the good fight of faith. Give us grace, Lord. We thank you that you're in our midst. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.